Welcome to Story Over Everything with Edward Atwell and Chaz Reed. What's going on, everybody? This is Aaron Edward Atwell from Edward Atwell Films, here with my co-host Chaz Reed. What's happening, Chaz? Oh, wait. Chaz isn't here today. He ghosted me. Who knows where he's at? But he's not here. I think he's probably asleep, and he forgot that we were podcasting tonight. If that's the case, sleep well, Chaz, and I'll see you tomorrow. But... Uh, now I'm going to go ahead and do the podcast solo. Uh, I've got some, some information I want to give out, uh, you know, kind of change the pace a little bit. But first, before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor, Musicbed. So Chaz, you know what always gets on my nerves? What's that, man? When you have this wedding to edit, right? Mm-hmm. And you spend that first, like, three hours trying to find a song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like you, you have in your head, like, man, I just really need a really good song. Yeah. But you're you're browsing and you're browsing and you can't find it. Not only have we been there, but so has the team at Musicbed. And in fact, that's the entire reason that they've built their platform. They collaborate with hundreds of artists, bands, and composers, and they've made it easier than ever for you to get the perfect song for your film and get back to what you're supposed to be doing, which is editing. Hey, you know what, guys? They're even offering us an exclusive promotion right now just for Story Over Everything listeners. Um, If you sign up for a wedding subscription today, you get your first month for free. Let me say that one more time. If you sign up for a wedding subscription today, you get your first month free. And all you got to do is use the coupon code Story Over Everything when you check out. We all know that some lame wedding music is just, it can make or break your whole film. It can do, because, I mean, we, we've been there. Right. You get on there and you just scroll through these things, and it's like, man, I done heard this song six times. Yep. Never again. Sign up for Musicbed. Use that promo code. Get that first month free. Check it Story out. Story of everything, baby. Yeah. So, in light of, uh, you know, Chaz not showing up for his duties today, um, I'm going to go ahead and answer a few questions and maybe give a little testimony, a little background on me. So some of you may know, some of you may not. I don't know, you know who I've had these conversations with. It's hard to, to remember at this point, really. Um, but before I started video, or before I started getting paid for video, I worked a corporate job. I worked at a company called LabCorp. Um, I worked in their headquarters. It was a job in my town that most would love to have, but not me. Um, I got to a point, and I don't know why, I don't know why this is, Maybe it's just like the kind of person I am. It's hard to say. But I got to a point where I was really depressed. Um, Like I I really wasn't enjoying any part of my life. I wasn't enjoying anything I was doing. Food didn't taste the same. Fun didn't feel the same. It just was like there was like a dark cloud over me. And, you know, I would just sit there, especially on Sunday evenings. uh, Because on Sunday evenings, you know, on Monday you have to go back to work. I would sit there and just think to myself, like, is this all that, you know, is this all that there is for me? And when I thought that, there was just like a, I don't know, there was something inside of me that was like, this can't be all there is for you. Because if it is, then, you know, this doesn't seem like a very fun life. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I still love my kids and I love my wife. Like, that hasn't changed. But work in our culture is such a big part of what we do, you know, day-to-day activities and, and who we are, it seems like, that it was really just eating at me. And, you know, video was something that I really enjoyed. I've, I've enjoyed it since, 
you know, my first video in 2006, like being able to shape, you know, an art form that I don't like to use the word, but it manipulates other people's emotions and gets them to see things from your point of view and your story that you're wanting to tell. I just really fell in love with that. So, you know, fast forward from, you know, my first video in 2006 to a few years ago, uh, you know, I just got to a spot where, you know, it was either try it now or never try it. So I quit my job. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people will say, oh, Aaron, you're crazy. I am crazy. Deal with it. I'm okay with that. Um, I didn't have money saved up. I had no client base. I had, you know, maybe one or two weddings booked, but certainly not enough to care for me and all my five children uh, and my wife. But I had this inkling, I had this feeling that if all these other people are doing it, why can't I? Like when I was watching my work and looking at their work, they weren't better. You know, there was nothing, you know, there are people better, of course. But, you know, people who were doing this full time, there was nothing that I could see that I couldn't do. And maybe I could do it better. So I just had this feeling that you got to go for it. And I did. So I quit my job when my youngest daughter was very new, a couple weeks old. I actually, um, I actually decided to quit when we were in the hospital after she had been born because my boss called me and was like, hey, you know, we, we know that we gave you two weeks off, but unfortunately, you know, we can't make that happen anymore. Things are falling apart. We need you back tomorrow. And I just decided, I was like, no, you know, so I quit. And, you know, it was tough. There was, there were certainly uh, scary times in there where you're like, you know, I don't know where the next check is coming from. I don't know, you know, where the next project is going to be or where the next wedding is going to pop up. But one thing I did find out is, you know, when I had a job, I thought that I was working really, really hard towards making this thing work. Turns out that I wasn't really working hard at all. You think that you're working hard until people are hungry if you don't succeed. Until, you know, if you don't, if you don't make it happen, things will fall apart. And this isn't advice. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, tomorrow you should wake up and quit your job. This is just more of, this is where I was at. And if there's anybody out there who is in a similar spot or has a similar feeling that, you know, I'm crazy enough and I think I can do it, you know, don't be afraid. You can always get another job. I've never met anybody who's had a job that couldn't find another job. So, you know, don't, don't use excuses. If you think it's stupid, that's fine. But don't, don't use excuses to not, not do what you dream of doing and doing what, you, what will make you happy and what will make your life much better. So you take that. You take that moment in time where I decided to quit that job. And then you fast forward. Okay, so now that's been... That's been a while ago, I guess. It's been over two years since I quit that job and have been, you know, filmmaking full time. But if you fast forward, you know, at, at this point in my life, um, my customers are fantastic. Uh, I mean, I've got, I've got really, really great customers who are willing to pay me good money to do exactly what I want to do. I get to travel around to cool spots, meet cool people and do cool things. And that's kind of what I want in my life. I want my wife and me to be happy. I want my kids to be, you know, taken care of and grow up to be responsible and, you know, humans that give back to the community. 
And I want to go to cool places and do cool stuff with cool people. And that's kind of it. And that's what filmmaking provides for me. So to anybody, you know, who needs that extra push, that extra, I'm really going to give this thing a go, go ahead and do it. You know, time is the only currency that we have in this life that you can never renew. There's no way so far to get more of it. There's no way that you can rewind it and you can try it again. So I challenge you, if you're listening, to view time as the most important currency and not money. Use your time wisely. Stop making excuses and go do it. So with all that out of the way, you know, my little testimonial about where I came from. uh, And I've got a lot more detail that maybe I'll go into, you know, at another point about, you know, more of of life and and how I got to, to where I'm at. Um, but I want to answer some of the questions that were asked, uh, in the group. And that's, if you guys haven't noticed yet, that's a big part uh, of how we want this thing, this podcast and this group and, you know, this movement to take shape is, you know, I've been part, a part of, you know, things that were kind of like what we do, like, you know, people helping other people, but it seemed like there was never a direct method, uh, at least for me to ask a question and get it answered. You know, I've reached out to people when I was starting and, you know, people I looked up to was like, man, their work's great. I wonder, like, wonder about this piece of information or that piece of information. And more times than not, um, you know, I just got left on red. There was uh, there was hardly anyone who was willing to reach out and be like, hey, man, let me help you out. I got your back. So when we started this, that was kind of our thing. We want to be those people for other people, people who are starting out and you know reach out and need that help but we want to be the people who do answer the people who you know take an extra 15 minutes just to give back to those people because i know for me how much it would have meant to have somebody who's successful in this industry when i was starting out to kind of get my back and walk me through things and you know make me know that like okay this is okay this is not okay this is normal try this out you know, this is what's worked for me, things like that. So yeah, if you haven't noticed, that's, that's kind of our thing. We want the community to be very active in what we do and what we provide, because that's who we're here to serve is the community and the audience. And, you know, hopefully we're making something that fills a different gap than all of the other filmmaking tools and podcasts out there that, you know, some of them are good. Some of them kind of suck. Uh, but it seems like the normal thing is just to get, you know, whoever's popular right now on the podcast talk about how great they are and move on and just gain more listeners. We want to give you real life advice up, you know, like up to date. Like you asked this question this week. I want you to get an answer this week. So moving forward, Gail, or I think you said you pronounce it Gael. I'm not positive, but it's got the two weird little dots over an E and I don't know what that means. Uh, You know, by no means of the word, am I an English professor or, you know, whatever language is his professor. I'm no professor. But anyway, you said you know what time it is. And what I think you're alluding to is Chaz singing greatest hits on the podcast. Um, Hey, Chaz, would you like to sing those greatest hits? He's still not here. Still haven't heard back from him. Not sure where he's at. So, yeah, that would be hilarious. Unfortunately, it just can't happen right now. Uh, Chaz, you're going to have to take that up with him uh, if he'll ever show up in the Facebook group. 
James, definitely like your question here, man. Talk about the most common mistakes that you see beginners make and how to fix them. Thanks, guys. So, I don't know. I just want people to be more of themselves and be more creative and not afraid to take risks and not scared to try new things. Because by doing those things, by taking those risks and trying new things, you're going to push yourself further and you're going to learn more. And, you know, are you going to win a Oscar your first time out? That's not an Oscar. Oscars are for actors, I think. I don't know. Like an Emmy? Are you going to win an Emmy your first time out? Probably not. But by doing those things over and over and taking those risks, you're going to grow much more. Um, but any real entrepreneur knows that, you know, the fastest way to succeed is actually by failing. And when I say failing, I don't mean failing big, like failing, uh, you know, not paying your taxes, going bankrupt, going to jail, you know, anything crazy like that. I don't mean like that, but I mean failing as in trying new things, you know, taking those risks, setting yourself apart because, you know, eventually you'll get to the point where your risks are paying off and people will see your work and they'll be like, and they'll be like, hang on a second. This person is different than everyone else. They've done something special. They've done something worth talking about. They've done something worth me telling my friends about. I would urge you to be that person, that kind of person. That's, so that's my number one bit of advice, James, is to stop caring about how everybody else is doing it. Stop caring what gimbal they're using. Stop caring you know, what lens they're using, what kind of camera body they have. And start focusing on the things that matter. Like, what kind of story are they telling? Are they out here taking risks? Are they doing shots that, man, I have not seen a shot like this lately. Is their composition special? You know, are they using these traditional filmmaking tools to make their their customers happy and, and the videos really set apart? That's what I would pay attention to. Um, as, as a beginner, I, I wish that I had someone there to tell me it doesn't matter what the big names in the in the wedding industry are doing don't try to be like them be like you do your own thing so that's my first you know bit of advice next is to keep things simple uh we did you know an episode it's been a while but about you know minimalistic gear choices and keeping things very simple and i think that's a big part of having the freedom to create if you have you know a bunch of things to set up and a bunch of things to tear down and you're really short on time, you're not going to have any extra time to try to be creative, to try to go around and find like, you know, the best angle, the best composition, Uh, you know, where's the light look the best? How does it, you know, frame my subject? So it looks, you know, like the emotion I want my audience to feel. If you have, you know, 50 lights, two gimbals, a drone, and all this other stuff, you're not going to have time to do that. So I would urge, you know, anyone who, who is beginning to not overdo it at first. You know, if you get to a point where you need to pull your drone out for a really nice establishing shot, then use it. But don't use it just because you have it. That's a quick way to get too busy and too complicated to take care of the necessities, the basics that make things like storytelling possible. The The next thing is don't be afraid to use a shallow depth of field, uh, you know, or a tight shot. You know, when you're telling a dramatic story, and that's what weddings are, romantic drama, um, or it could be a romantic comedy, which could change things a little bit, but in my experience, most of them would not be considered comedy. Um, so when you, when you look at these types of films, you'll notice that there is a good amount of shallow depth of field because it helps isolate the subject. 
It helps bring the audience's complete focus onto one thing, one emotion, and you really get to manipulate their feelings that way. You get to where, you know, I want the audience to only focus on this and feel this thing, and they have no choice but to do so because that's all you've allowed them to do. Um, now, I'm not saying you should use a shallow depth of field on every shot. I use it on a lot of mine because I enjoy the look. But as a storytelling tool, don't be afraid to use it to really, really communicate the emotion that your audience should feel. Never be afraid to do that. And that's, that's another part of that take risks kind of thing. Uh, next, I would say to remember that you're covering a real life event. Okay, so we've all seen it and maybe some people have done it. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know everybody, but we've all seen the person with the Ronin with the handles and they're swerving around the dance floor. And these people are trying to do their first dance and they reach out and grab them like, Hey, wait, look this way, do this. That's so rude um, to the couple and to the memories. I would recommend never become the center of attention. If you want to, if you notice, so like if you notice when you're watching a movie, the people in the film are rarely, if ever, aware that there is someone else watching. They are rarely, if ever, aware that there's a camera in the room. So I would, I would suggest do it like that. The more real you can make this thing feel, the more you can make it feel like you're getting a point of view that no one is, is privy to but this audience. I would recommend you do that. Don't be the center of attention. Don't make people pay attention to you. Don't make people look at you. Don't let people know that you're filming. Slip in, get your shot, slip out. You know, stay in the background, shoot through people, create that depth. It's all gonna make your story better, I promise. Not only is it gonna make your story better, but it's gonna make the emotions felt through your film more real. And that's just the truth of the matter. So I know there's people out there who disagree with me on this, but if you take a moment, to look back and look through some great dramatic movies, I would say in 99.9% of them, the audience and the camera operator are not a part of the story. So I would urge you not to be as well. Uh, the next thing that I think I already covered a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and cover it again just in case, is don't feel obligated to use every piece of equipment in your, in your bag or in your case or your car or whatever just because you have it there. I've fallen into this trap before. When, you know, I get a new piece of gear, you know, whether a new camera, new GoPro, new whatever. Um, and I feel like it's like we create these like emotional attachments to them. Like they're going to feel left out if I don't use them. But you really need to treat these things like tools. And, you know, they all serve the king, which is the story. If you have a piece of gear that you pull out and it doesn't serve the story, not only wasting time, but you're hurting yourself in the long run. So don't feel obligated just because you have an extra lens or an extra gimbal or a gimbal at all or a slider, whatever you have in your bag, lights. Don't, don't feel like you have to use them because you have them available. Only use what is going to serve your story, what is going to make the audience feel that emotion that you want them to feel. Because like, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Um, always keep a spare battery and SD card on you at all times. Okay, don't learn the hard way on this one. I know a lot of lessons are best learned the hard way, but this is not one of those lessons. Keep the battery and the SD card on you everywhere you go because, trust me, you'll get out and you'll be halfway across the wedding venue and it's a 15-minute walk to your bag 
and your battery's on 3% and they're about to do something crazy that you know you want to capture, don't, don't be the guy who has to walk back and miss a, a unique moment. Carry it on you. Just trust me. There's no reason not to. They're small. They're easy to carry. Keep it with you. Uh, the last bit of advice I'm going to give on this subject um, is maybe one of my pet peeves, I guess you could say, is so many videographers and especially so many wedding videographers really, they expose photographically. And what I mean by that is that everything is bright, everything is airy, everything is clearly seen and all the details are there. And I think that we often forget as filmmakers that we don't have to do that. You can show a silhouette, you can show you know, a dark image, but you can use those pieces to create a scene and you know, decide on your own when the audience is gonna feel things. And you can really just create this story and this timeline that unfolds the way you want it to. They notice things when you want them to because it's intentional and you want them to notice it here. Um, so don't be afraid to use what I call dynamic exposure. You know, Don't be afraid to darken things up. Don't be afraid to not show a whole scene. Don't be afraid to punch in and just show a little part of it you know, to keep that suspense, that intrigue going. Um, because really storytelling boils down to this, creating and relieving tension. In fact, so many things uh, in our industry, sales, marketing, the product, all comes down to creating tension and then relieving tension for them. If you can figure that out, then there's no way you're going to make a bad film. And doing this type of what I call dynamic exposure is a fantastic way to almost force that upon the audience. I think that's pretty well covered. Um, but, you know, if anyone wants more elaboration, more information, hit me up. I'm definitely willing to get that. Uh, the last question I'm going to answer, Phil, uh, is your emergency kit items. Things you bring for when fit hits the shan. Thank you for not making that explicit, so I didn't have to put the uh, explicit tag on this episode. Um, so when fit hits the shan, I do not carry umbrellas. I have these little, I don't know what, it's like a rain jacket for a camera. I'm not sure what you would call it. They have them at my local camera store. I got a few of them just in case because I did have rain ruin some equipment one time. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Just got these little things. They fit right over. They were pretty cheap. Lens pops out the end. It all works well you know, fixes that. As far as extra SD cards, I've got a bunch of SD cards in my bag and I've got them sorted by speed and by capacity. Um, I would always recommend that you bring extra SD cards. You know, never, never leave with only the ones in your camera. I in fact know a photographer locally who his first, his first paid wedding lost an SD card and didn't have another one. Okay, so don't be that person, have an extra one. Uh, because I guarantee you filming half a wedding is better than filming none of the wedding. Okay. You know, if something corrupts, something messes up, switch over and you at least have something. Something's better than nothing always. Moving forward to the next part of it, backup cameras. Yeah, I do have backup cameras. Now, when I'm at a wedding, I have one camera with me. Uh, and when I mean with me, I've got my camera either handheld or on a monopod. And that's what I'm moving around with, getting my shots with. But I always have uh, backup cameras available. Uh, and when I say backup cameras, I usually have three or so with me, um, extra. So I've got usually four total there in case something happens. Uh, because again, something is better than nothing. And this actually brings up a fun topic. I recently got a point and shoot camera 
And most people, I assume, would say, you know, a point-and-shoot camera, that's not a professional tool. You can't use that. Well, let it be known that my last two commercial shoots, I used a point-and-shoot camera on, and the client was thrilled with their video. It's all about how you use it. you got to use it properly. You have to use it like a professional tool. Um, and in the right hands, you know, any camera can work. Um, but the funny thing is, I'm actually going to be booking soon a wedding where I shoot the entire thing on a point-and-shoot camera. When I say the entire thing, I mean the whole thing. Um, in fact, I actually used a point-and-shoot on some of my shots in my last wedding, and 0% of people noticed. So, and that's mixed in with my Sony FS5. No one so far has reached out and be like, hey man, this looks like a point-and-shoot shot. So with that aside, yeah, definitely bring a backup camera. You know, bring whatever you have. I don't care if it's, you know, a Canon T2 or a GH2. Like, just bring it. You, you never know if you're going to need it. Um, any extra recorders besides the minimum two to three pocket recorders? The, me and Chaz differ on this. Chaz carries like an entire audio engineering kit with him to weddings. I take three recorders, okay? I use a Tascam DR10L for the ceremony, and I use my little Sony recorder. I can't remember the name of it. It's the small one for my toast. Um, and then in either situation, I'll have the other as a backup. And then I've got in my bag, in case something crazy happens and I lose something, a spare. Another thing that, that I always do, and I would always recommend you guys do, is to get a, a shotgun mic on top of your camera. Now this is never gonna be your first option. You know, this is never gonna be your best option. But in the, in the land of video, things sometimes mess up. And if things mess up, like Chaz I think has had four recorders mess up during one uh, ceremony, that little shotgun mic, you know, a road, deity, whatever you've got, that can really save your bacon. Uh, so I would recommend get one of those. Never expect to use it, but always have it available in case you need it. Yeah, Phil, me too. I like to pack light and I also like to be prepared. So that's why in my trunk, I have enough stuff to get me through any shoot I can imagine having to get through. But on me, I make sure I only have the tools necessary to tell the story that I want to tell. Well, with all that said, Chaz still has not showed up. No clue where he's at. Chaz, I hope you're doing good out there, man. Miss you. Can't believe that you weren't here for this, but I know that, you know, whatever popped up, probably a nap. Um, hope it's going well for you. People. If there's anything you want to know, if there's anything you need to know about, let us know. We're here for you guys. We're here to serve you. We're here to help you tell your stories to your customers and make you more money. We want to put money in your pockets. Okay, so let us know how we can help you do that. And that's what we're going to do. Also coming up, we've got some cool things going on. I am trying to rearrange my space uh, as we, not as we speak, but like this week. Um, so we can start a story over everything show. It's something that we've been kind of hoping for for a while. We thought the time was now uh, to go ahead and make that show to give, you know, just some different perspectives of help uh, and things we'll be doing on there. Uh, film critiques, you know, if you want to get some live, you know, video critique of your film, we'll be doing that. We, you know, we'll be doing advice. We'll be doing a lot more commercial stuff on that, that avenue um, as far as, you know, how to land commercial clients, how to charge more how to, you know, network better, those kind of things, um, among other things. But, you know, we're excited about that. And also, uh, in October, we've got a really special guest going to be coming on the show. And this is a guy who I think may be the best wedding filmmaker that there is on the planet. 
Um, and it's weird that more people haven't heard of him, but he's really, you know, in his storytelling and his creativity is second to none. Um, I'm not sure that I've seen anyone better than this guy, and I'm really excited to have him on uh, and that he agreed to come on and, you know, give some advice to the audience. So we're excited about that. As always, you know, leave us a nice rating, comment, review uh, on iTunes. We definitely appreciate those. And like we always say, you know, the more we get, the higher we go, the more we can help. And that's, uh, that's definitely our goal. And I've got nothing else for the audience. I'm assuming since Chad still is not here, he has nothing for the audience. But without further ado, peace.